look, it's a foodie adventure at, 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 its, um, at its heart. We actually won gold at the New South Wales Tourism Awards in the, in the category for events up to 50,000, which shocked everybody, nobody more than us. Welcome to Nourishing Matters to Chew On. I'm Anthea Fawcett. Join me on a journey across our food and agricultural landscapes as I speak with inspiring people who are tackling parts of the wicked puzzle to enable change toward a healthier, more sustainable, fair and resilient food system and environment. I acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connections to land, water and culture. I acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Hi there and welcome to a short, very delicious and nourishing treat, a story that's all about grazing down the Lachlan. That's a great upcoming weekend of events near Forbes in New South Wales. This September, 16 to 18. And it celebrates great local producers, providors and fundraisers for local arts and environmental projects together. It's pretty incredible or pretty amazing, as one of the sculptures literally says. I'm speaking with the wonderful Wendy Muffet. And Wendy, I believe you are a farmer of long standing and now on 50 acres. Is that right? That's right. Yep. Enjoying moving closer to town, closer to friends. And, um, and you, you are the chair of Grazing Down the Lachlan and a foundation member of it all. And you've got an amazing team of people. I've met a few of them already. That's right. Just tell us about what this amazing event is. What, what is it, Grazing Down the Lachlan? Okay. Look, it's a foodie adventure at, 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 its, um, at its heart. It, you wander along a bush track following the iconic Lachlan River and you're going to be welcomed to country with fire and dance. And then you're free to roam. You wander along under the shade of iconic river red gums, you know, those massive old glorious trees that line the river and experience the seven-course degustation of local and um, Indigenous foods embedded in the landscape with these beautiful little shelters made of gum leaves and boughs. All of that is curated by our creative director, Otama Carey, who's a really well-known um, chef, hatted chef in Sydney. Otama writes the recipes and then she comes out to Forbes and meets with our local caterers and restaurateurs who actually deliver the food on event day, coaches them around these recipes that she's written and helps mm-hmm. them refine them, then pops back out. She's coming next week to um, we'll step through the whole menu again she matches the foods to local beverages, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic. So it's a highly curated foodie experience interwoven with local culture. And we, we've got a great relationship with our local Rotary people. That's really important to us. So every dish has an element of Rotary um, native food in it. And we have a lot of little entertainments along the track that celebrate Rotary culture along with other highlighted cultures. Um, this year we might see a bit of Chinese food embedded in, in that menu to celebrate the contribution of um, the Chinese market gardeners that came to us during the gold rush. Because for the gold rush town, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we used to have a population of around 60,000 people back in the day. And it's a very beautiful town with lots of very beautiful form, built form and, of course, the beautiful uh, swamp, uh, gum swamp reserve, which we'll chat about as well, I hope. And and, and obviously very prof- 
um, proud and profound Wiradjuri history, as you say. Yes, there is. There is. And it's um, one of the great joys of all of the committee that we've um, we've developed this tremendous partnership with the local Wiradjuri people so that the culture is actually truly interwoven into the event, right from the welcome at the start, which is pretty spectacular, through every dish and through quite a bit of the entertainment. Our Wiradjuri buddies even go out and build part of part of the, the scene, I guess, pre-event day. So well, th that's probably one of the things both me personally and the committee are most proud of. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it's it's in place, it's in situ, as you say, amongst these beautiful old river red gums. Yeah. I can visualise them. And it's spread out over 2.5 kilometres or something. Is that right? So it's this beautiful trail. Gorgeous. It is. On, on a local stock reserve, you know, I think most of us understand the romance of um, the stock routes and what they are originally developed for and the drovers that used to use them and still do today in times of drought they were originally um indigenous aboriginal trails along the river yeah. shown right. to the the people who came you know the settlers um as as a track for the stock so there's that bit of history too that we like to highlight and celebrate. So tell me, when did when did grazing down the Lachlan start? How did it all kick off? Because it is obviously an amazing community event that's got all these hubs and spoke benefits, which we'll, we'll chat about too. Yeah, it does. Look, the, the start of grazing really, or the inspiration for grazing, was a local artist, Rosie Johnston, who driving home from a visit to Sculpture by the Sea was kind of pondering, well, why can't we do that? Why can't we have something as spectacular as Sculpture by the Sea but in the bush? So Rosie arrived home and, and rallied the troops and said, this is what I think we can do. And we all said, that's great, Rose. Um, she said, but we need to raise money. Yeah, of course we do. How much do you think, Rose? And she said, oh, I don't know, two or three million should do it. And we went, <laughs> good <Good-o. laughs> We can do that. Um, and that, to be honest, was... Um, the impetus behind this magical foodie event because we thought well we can do that and let's do it and let's celebrate let's put a few heartfelt beliefs around this event let's make it quite special which is what we've done so it, it is a true celebration of local food we put a catchment around where we purchase our food and we preference mm -hmm. small regenerative farmers mm -hmm. let's put a few values around what we celebrate. So it's a celebration of local culture. It's a celebration of, in particular, every year, Wiradjuri culture. In a, in, and every year we highlight another culture that's that's made this little town its home, both in terms of art around the event, um, performance around the event, and definitely um, the menu. Mm, beautiful. So, um, yeah, that's how it started. So, so what, how many years ago was that? Oh, First event was in 2017. And Wendy, you've, you've created this incredible sculpture trail and you've got these developing and strong relationships with um, First Peoples in and around Forbes. Can you tell me about the role of Indigenous uh, artists or curators in how the, the sculpture trail was put together and works selected for it? Yeah, so you're right back at, at the beginning um, when the sculpture trail was basically just a vision. There, there was consultation and collaboration at a high level um, with some well-known Indigenous artists who um, 
were part of the selection process for the sculpture. Gosh, in five years you've achieved fundraising and have installed 20 sculptures, is that right? Well, we've certainly been part of that. Um, look, every year we've, we've just done the numbers. Um, we inject about $400,000 into the local community over the weekend and, and that's, a, that's a great hit to the local tourist economy for a little town like Forbes. And we've raised close to a quarter of a million dollars for the Forbes Art Society. The magic that happened <laughs> was this million-dollar project. We were fortunate enough to win a grant um, from the state government and we actually ended up um, winning just around $7 million, which needed to be co-funded, 25% co-funding from the local community. So hooray for grazing. Um, we've been able to uh, contribute a significant amount of money to, to co-fund that extraordinary grant. But the other really cool outcome of that is that it's it's um, meant that we've reached out to surround, a surrounding shire, the Lachlan Shire, because this massive sculpture trail of monumental sculptures uh, stretches about 100 k's from Forbes to Condobolin. So the Condobolin Shire um, has seen value in contributing to the co-contribution for this grant, as has our local Forbes Shire Council. And they've been wonderfully supportive of the Forbes Art Society, of which Grazing is a subcommittee, um, in bringing this grant to life. Wow. So you've got the Forbes Council, the Condobolin Council and the Lachlan Shire. Yes. Sort of all co-partnering with community and with the grant to co-fund the grant and make it all happen. That is that is seriously exciting, yeah. Yeah, look, look it is seriously exciting. It's a dream come true, to be honest. <laughs> Rosie's dream, <laughs> which we all bought into. And, Wendy, you've mentioned Grazing's 21 Cash and in-kind sponsors whose generous support makes it all possible. So sharing a big shout-out and thanks to all of them from you and the committee. But I also have to mention our um, foundation um sponsors uh evolution mining they have been tremendous supporters of this event right from the get-go before before the grant was a dream uh, that came true they were with us from the start they believed in us and i think it was just that beautiful you know we we're, we're lockstep with them in terms of um their vision for the legacy they'll leave for the town when the mine eventually um you know, has run its course and leaves the town of Forbes, they're very clear about what they want to leave behind. And that is just bang on our goals and visions, you know, basically a community in which people want to come and live and work and play, uh, a healthy, vibrant regional community. And can you just tell me what Evolution Mining minds? <laughs> they're, they're the golden kids. They, it is a gold mine. Oh, my gosh, that's even more tradition and history sort of completely um, up, you know, in the present. Totally. Doing the right thing for the community and, and the environment. I understand that um, Grazing Down the Lachlan also fundraises, some of its fundraising goes towards redevelopment of the Gum Swamp Reserve. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, the Gum Swamp Reserve um, is one of Australia's um, best known but under-publicised um, ephemeral bodies of water which attracts, I think, a couple of hundred species of birds. Um, and it is, it, it, um, it is and flows. And we 
through the grant, the Forbes Arts Society and its partners have been able to install uh, four new state-of-the-art bird hive with walking trails to access them. So it's actually quite an amazing place to visit if you're a birder in particular, but even just the beauty of, of those um, bird hides and that walking track is a tremendous tourist attraction, both for locals and visitors. And we, we placed one of our monumental sculptures there. He's a giant goanna, huge, 25 metres long, 15, oh, I don't know, 10 metres high. And he's the local Indigenous totem, Guga. Beautiful. And um, the Gum Swamp Reserve, is that a part of the National Reserve System? Do Forbes, does Forbes Council look after that? Like that's a protected area, isn't it? It's a wildlife, recognised wildlife refuge. And is it quite close to Forbes? I, I've been to Forbes quite a bit. I'm just trying to visualise where it is. Look, it's a couple of kilometres. It's on the edge of town. Yeah. yeah. You, could, you could walk there if you wanted to. There's this wonderful weekend that starts on Friday night with events running all the way through until Sunday morning. And on Saturday, there's the absolute grazing event, as you've described, over two and a half kilometres with these beautiful built structures, curated cuisine and menus. It just sounds amazing. Um, and welcomes to country and, and participation throughout the weekend by Wiradjuri um, elders and, and, and community members. Yeah. What else? And the sculpture, the sculpture trail is aiming to be 100 kilometres long with ultimately how many sculptures do you dream of having along the trail? Well, look, the, the monumental sculptures, there'll be about 12. Um, I think 12 is the number. And they're extraordinary. They're, they've been um, designed and installed by world-class sculptors. A couple of them are winners at Sculpture by the Sea. So that's kind of the standard of sculpture we're talking about. They're all quite different. Um, the sculptors um, applied uh, to be part of this trail and that that long list was um, sorted and they were invited to visit the place and travel that journey, that 100k journey, and, and put a proposal to the committee based on their vision of what they would like to sculpt. So they're all quite different mm. and they all have a very strong environmental message to deliver and the townspeople love them which is brilliant, you know, bringing art to, to regional kids, um, making sculpture accessible to regional kids. Um, a lot of them they can touch, feel, climb on, and they do, and we we encourage that. Um, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a bit of language that says, please don't climb on the sculpture, but, of course, we want people to walk up and touch and, and get a, a sense of... The materials that have been um, used in the in these installations. So so yeah, the sculpture trail itself is quite extraordinary. And there are probably um, and look, there are around twenty two smaller sculptures embedded around the town. There's a beautiful walk around Lake Forbes. I think it's about ten k's now that's been developed, and the walkers will find sculptures installed along that trail, particularly along um, the track that leads to the Rajri Dreaming Centre. There's some beautiful sculptures there that um, both bronze and totem poles that speak to Rajri culture. So, yeah, there's this legacy um, that I think is another important value of, of grazing down the Lachlan. We aim to leave a legacy. It's not all about raising money and having a really good time, which we do both of, 
But the legacy that Grazing leaves behind is very important. And involved in that major project, which Grazing helps to fund, is a redevelopment of a much-loved building in town. The old ambulance station, which is a beautiful building, was gutted by fire some 10 years ago now, probably longer, actually. It's been devastating for locals. And finally, finally, somebody has been able to pick it up and repurpose it, respecting the facade and highlighting a lot of those internal um, features that were so loved into a, a, a beautiful gallery, Gallery 4. We'll be able to host exhibitions. It'll be climate controlled. So we should be able to host exhibitions right up to the Arch, you know, the Archibald Prize and also showcase the local art, which is pretty exciting. Oh, that's beautiful. So all sorts of legacies. So just a few. So, so how many foodies are involved? How many food uh, restaurants or local producers or you know, what's the sort of ecosystem of the number of people or little businesses who are involved? We've got um, probably four or five local caterers that get involved. Um, we have um, local producers, it just depends what Otama or our creative director um, goes and flows a bit too. We do keep things hyper-local. So as you said, there is a local ecosystem that's built around this. A volunteers that, that CAF organisers um, are all local people and, you know, we support their organisation's contribution to the local economy for coming to us and helping us on grazing day. The beverage providers are all local, you know, in, in the catchment people. So there's, there's seven of them. And then we get people to make the delicious non-alcoholics because that's the thing these days. We, we, um, we want to serve our people who are minimising their alcohol intake and celebrate them alongside everybody who's going to enjoy an alcoholic bevy along the way. We'll make sure they're interesting. The other thing we do, um, and I don't know if you're if you planning to catch up on this, but sustainability is just one of our central planks. We have a no-waste event. Yeah. We generated, after serving seven courses to 900 people in 2019, we generated half a bin, a domestic wheelie bin of rubbish that had to go to the tip. That was it. And another one and a half wheelie bins of compost that, well, we actually, Gary Gary, our little business actually brought home and composted. That was it. That's amazing. How did you do that? I know, I know, it is amazing. Um, we're really proud of that and really quite excited about that. The way we did it was not to give any people, not to give anyone um, single-use food service items. And the way we did that was to shout out to the local community and say, can you just check your linen press out and see if you've got any tablecloths or, you know, bedspreads you don't need because we're going to make them into serviette napkins, which we did. People did check out their linen press, they handed over all their old bits and pieces, a local business cut them into napkin size and a couple of local ladies hemmed them and there are serviettes. So that's the only napkin you get for the day. We, we buy one glass and we hang it around people's neck in a little lanyard holder. That's, that's what they drink out of all day. We have water tanks that we've had specially made along the track where people fill their water bottles up. There are no plastic 
water bottles at grazing. We give people a couple of food service items if Tama deems them necessary. We ask Gotama to basically create those seven dishes that can be eaten in your hand or in your napkin. She's, she's asked us to get a few plates and uh, a few mugs, which we've done, and they all they all appear in a little bag that grazers can carry around that's been made out of scraps from a local business, a beautiful local business called Woolarina, who create lovely, soft, wearable woolen garments. All of the cuttings on their cuttings floor, they gather up and they make us our event bags every year. Now, because we can't do this every year, it would drive us crackers and cost us a fortune, we have a war on waste at grazing and we ask our grazers to give all of those things back. And they do. They do. Um, so at the end of the day, they don't go home with a bag full of stuff that they don't want and don't need. We give all of those goodies to our volunteers. Thank you, Kat. <laughs> and they wash them. They iron them. They mend them. And they give them back to us and we chop them out next grazing. And so you had 900 people you mentioned. How many people at the last one or whatever? And how many how many people are you hoping to come this year? After COVID, people will be so keen to celebrate this great event. Yeah, and after COVID, people are very busy. <laughs> so um, we're going to have, oh, I don't know, somewhere between 750 and 800 people this year. We don't like, we've put a ceiling on, on our, our numbers. We One of the things about grazing, and we get this constantly in feedback, is that it is a beautiful, relaxed event. We don't do queues at grazing um, and people like to wander along the river. If they want to sit over there on the bank on their own, they do and they can because we're, we're not interested in having thousands of people at grazing. It doesn't serve us, our goals or our guests. So, you know, come to grazing, you'll have a lovely time and see everybody you know. <laughs> So it sounds like getting tickets, you know, you, you better move quickly and get in fast to get your ticket. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So how do people learn more about grazing on the grazing down the Lachlan and where do they get tickets to the the day, the grazing event on the day, but also Friday night and Sunday morning breakfast, I believe. Are those tickets still available and where do they head to get them? So everything you need is on our grazing website, grazingdownthelachlan.com and definitely a ticket to the Friday night event um is important but you can come along to the grazing breakfast anybody can come along to that uh without we're not ticketing that event um sundown is on friday night again anybody can come along to that you don't need to be coming to the the big event on on saturday the big grazing event so um, just jump on the website, grab your ticket to um, Sundowners or Grazing or just pop along to the breakfast on Sunday. And where is that, Wendy? That's at Lions Park. The brekkie on Sunday and also Sundowners are at Lions Park, which is part of the town precinct, right on the lakeside of Forbes, Lake Forbes. Beautiful. Gorgeous. It's a, yeah, it is beautiful. Wendy, thank thank you so much for um you know sharing this great story, and I'm um, looking forward to meeting you all in person. And um just just before we go, any final comments or or can you just or tell us about the team or a bit of a call out to the team? Who's involved? Yeah, let me tell you about this team. We've got a really young team of local mainly young women, although we do have a couple of blokes um, who are 
quite happy to be bossed around by <laughs> eight young women. Um, Kat's a pretty good example of this. All busy, um, all with families and just with a passion for this beautiful little town and all that the Forbes Arts Society is trying to achieve in building the visitation, the local tourism economy. You Look, you know well that regional towns, you know, we've only got to have a whacking big drought or a flood and the local economy really takes up flogging. So it's really important that we can um, develop a few more strings to our bow. And why not showcase the glories of, of this particular neck of the woods? You know, it's a stunning Western landscape. And that's a comment we pick up all the time, feedback we get from grazing all the time. This place is beautiful. The township of Forbes is gorgeous. It's got a, a long, history and the buildings are stunning and and of course the, the track along the river is just breathtaking it, it's everything everything we've been taught to honor and value as Australians so um, come on out enjoy I guess the only point I think is really worth emphasizing is that they're all volunteers which is extraordinary we actually won gold at the New South Wales Tourism Awards in the in the category for events up to 50,000 in 2019, which shocked everybody, nobody more than us. We were a bunch of little, you know, country kids all dolled up in our ball dresses at this beautiful venue. And when they announced that we had won that category, we went wild like country people do. We were so loud. You know, we were kind of running around like lunatics and I could just see all these other kind of, I, I suppose, less country people just looking at us as if to say they're from the country. <laughs> it was, it was Wendy, thanks so much for speaking with me. I've been speaking with Wendy Muffet, who is the chair of Grazing Down the Lachlan and that event. Oh, when is it on? I don't think we've said when it's on. Oh, my goodness. We've all missed that one. Um, the event over the weekend of 17 September, so it's it's coming up. Um Saturday the 17th is the grazing event, sundowners on the night of the 16th, Friday the 16th, and the big brekkie is on Sunday morning, Sunday 18. I'll add to that a local um, a, a guy, Mel Sinclair, who runs a tremendous little local tourist um, business, will take our grazers on, on, a, on, a, on a drive around the, the sculpture trail that we talked about on Friday or Sunday and how to book Mel is on the website also. The other thing I'll mention is that accommodation is very tight in Forbes now and if people need accommodation, Forbes is, um, Parks is just a hop, step and a jump down the road and we have a bus service between the two towns. And so, people, if you're interested in heading to this beautiful event, it's a beautiful drive from Sydney. I've done it several times myself. And you can also fly into Parks, and that's a fairly easy flight. And as Wendy says, only half an hour's drive away. So, Wendy, thank you, and good luck for it all. It sounds amazing, and I'm sure it will be a huge success. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. And, and thank you so much for inviting us onto your potty. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, Wendy. Cheers. Thanks for listening. To listen to more episodes of Nourishing Matters to Chew On, head to Foodswell's podcast page at foodswell.org.au backslash nourishing or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And stay in touch via Instagram at nourishing underscore matters and on Facebook at Nourishing Matters to Chew On. 
If you like what you hear and would like to support us, give us a rating and a review in your favourite podcast app so other people can find us too. 